What's up, Roanoke Valley? Welcome to Beats, Brews, and Buddies. My name is Travis Schmidt, and this is my co-host... Jeremy Price. What's up? So today, we are going to talk up to our good friend, Chris Burton, who is a bluegrass legend around here. And we're going to have some fun today. We're going to talk a little bit about community. We're going to talk a little bit of collaboration. We're also going to talk about a little bit about uh, some supplemental income. And uh, so get those uh, pants ready. Get those <laughs> pants ready. So I thought you were going to say get your pencil ready. Get a <laughs> oh, yeah, pencil right. and your pad. And you said pants. 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 You guys get your pants ready. So you can sit in the seat and get ready. I don't know what, what I'm talking about. I don't know mean? what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. We might cut that. I don't know. That is not No, you're not cutting <laughs> You're not cutting my pants. <laughs> Not cut my pants. Oh, I'm gonna get made fun of so badly. So, Chris, uh, present uh, here, here on this show, we uh we do a brew, and I'm gonna get Jeremy to introduce this brew. What's our brew today, Jeremy? Larceny. That's what you had on your shelf. So I have to assume, I assume that's what I'm drinking <laughs> today. We're just, just larceny. So Chris is having larceny on a rock. Yeah, I'm having larceny and a couple of rocks and some ginger ale. I'm having larceny with lots of rocks and ginger ale. Lots of rocks and ginger ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're having some so larceny cheers. and ginger. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Chris, cheers. thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is fantastic. So, Chris, Chris was born and raised in Maryland, just outside of DC, where he comes from. Comes from there uh, was a big bluegrass scene. Uh, he started playing banjo at the age of fourteen and took lessons from seldom seen guitar player Phil Rosenthal. Did I pronounce that Rosenthal? Right? Rosenthal. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. While uh, taking lessons, he got to hang out with seldom seen, uh, and he started playing at different bars at the age of seventeen, and even opened up for the Johnson Mountain Boys. He also backed up Chubby Wise at a festival. And for those of you that don't know, Chubby Wise was a big part of the first uh, bluegrass band ever. I didn't know that. So Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys of 1946. Yeah, he wow. was one of the originals of really the music. Man, that's Which crazy. is really cool. I yeah. want to know more about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, After the bio. Yeah. Sure. So Chris's grandma had a farm in Grayson County where he spent every summer there. From there, he started going to Galax Fiddler's Convention, where he got third on banjo, competing against 20, uh, 250 or so. I almost said 25. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Sorry. He's trying to diminish these compliments, <laughs> know, right? Chris. I'm not going to let him do it. Okay. It says 250. Yeah. Or so. Uh, Chris went to Radford University, just down the road, and then moved to Roanoke, where he's been playing solo shows around town ever since. Chris was first to ever play at Corned Beef and Company. I want to talk about that too because that place. Um, Hold on. Okay. The first ever. First, as far as I know. Yeah. Even if it, you're, yes. even if you were the third, I want to know more. No, about it was that. first, but okay. We'll <laughs> we'll talk about that later. All right. Cool. So he started two years. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, he started playing with a group uh, called uh, Blinky Moon Boys. Bleaky, blinky moon boys yeah. where they beat the Dixie chicks for two years in a row at a big competition in Nashville. Mm. He even got to open for Del McCory. Is that how you spell it? Yeah. Oh, man, I'm crushing it today. And the bluegrass band at the world famous stand. Yes. Yeah, the Nashville bluegrass band. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, he has mm. won multiple banjo competitions around the Valley and then began to write songs and put out his first album in 2005. Chris plays every string instrument except for the fiddle and has played in numerous bands throughout the course of his musical history. His second project, so CD project called uh, The Wandering Again, or Wandering Again, sorry, yeah. had three songs that hit the, the national bluegrass charts. Even other artists started recording his songs, uh, such as Terry um, Bagum. 
Balkum. Balkum. And sorry, Terry. You're just a complete legend in bluegrass on a banjo. <laughs> and this yeah. shows my ignorance. That's okay. Terry Balkum and the Dukes of Drive. I do love that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, which charted his song, What Will They Say About You? And then they recorded two other songs on that same project. That's yeah. cool. Um, the Alec Leach Band recorded one of his songs last year, and it was produced by Grammy Award winner uh, Jimmy Lauderdale. Yeah. that's Or Jim Lauderdale, sorry. It's kind of fun. That's cool. Uh, bluegrass artist Shannon Slaughter recorded his song Going Up the Mountain two months in a row. Uh, I'm sorry, recently, and then went that went from number two um, after eight weeks or so on the charts. Yeah. So it was on the charts for eight weeks and then went up to number two. Yeah, it was number two last week. Actually, we got the January charts this afternoon, um, and, and it was number four. Right, right, two below Billy Strings, as a matter of fact. Oh, that's awesome. cool. So uh, I'm happy about you know with the weekly charts it reached number two, um, but monthly charts, which are more you know uh, representative, it was number four. So, so it's four right it. now. Yes, four as we four. Speak. But it Today. says it was number one two months in a row on the video charts. Yeah, yeah. There's some somebody. Uh, gets together the whatever the video plays are. I'm not sure what they pulled that from, but we're hopefully we'll be uh, three months in a row. But yeah, they did a little video when they released the song. And, That's awesome. Uh, excited about that. It's a hit on Cashbox, which is a big deal at number 12. Uh, the Gospel po- uh, Plowboys from North Carolina recorded Why Not Now, and it is slated to be their next single in the next coming weeks, which is awesome. Yeah. Some other fun facts uh, about Chris is that he has done some screenwriting. He has worked with Steve uh, Bannon, who is his writing partner and good friend. Uh, they wrote a Christmas movie that floated around Hollywood. Someone ripped it off, and um, it eventually the, the quote unquote the star came out. That was the I name. I think of the that's movie. what it was called. Okay. Yeah, it was hugely pretty, disappointing. Yes. Is what the bio says. I'm sorry, I haven't <laughs> seen it. So, well, uh, <laughs> on a number of levels. <laughs> so uh, he was also hired and paid well to write a political theater uh, uh, thrill- thriller about Fast and Furious uh, gun runner scandal from Obama the Obama years, which still may get made. And currently, he is in talks. With a producer in L.A. regarding a theatrical musical idea he has had. Finally, he has worked in oncology sales for um, most of his career in business. Yeah. Correct? Yep. Oncology wow. sales. And I did 80% medicine. good reading that. You um, did. 80%. We'll go, so yeah. It's, you were going to go lower, weren't you? Uh, <laughs> That's, fair. That's up to your partner. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, um, you're on a journey here. We're, yeah. you know, reading. But the thing is, no one's listening just yet. <laughs> this is yeah. true. This is all practice, right? And we can are. edit this. We can do all kinds of magical things. Chris, you're a busy guy, and you seem to wear a few different hats. I did not know this. Um, after I got done teaching today, I got to listen to some of your music. Mm-hmm. Um I've been trying to find time to give a full day or two to our guests and their music. Right. And as a daughter of a young child, it's hard. I mean, the father of a young a young daughter, that's that's hard. But um, I did not know you wore this many hats. Can you talk a little bit about that without me asking a direct question? You know, um, people kind of wonder at that sometimes, but it's a more it's a curiosity. Um, so when I started playing music, I was thinking. Uh, I you know I, I want to play the banjo and then well if somebody needed a bass player or a mandolin player or a guitar player then I would I would get my chops up to that 
and and be able to do that and go out. So I'm, I, I call myself a, a bit of a utility infielder because I can go and fill in with whoever, whenever I need to. But but I've always thought uh, professionally. Uh, I know people write movies. I had an idea one time about a, a Christmas movie. It was about the um, the the journey of Mary and Joseph from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and this happened on a watching Father Joe on uh, uh, in church on Christmas Eve. I, the, the idea came to me, but through the eyes of the donkey, oh, so cool. kind of an animated, um, you know, description of of the birth of Christ, which was. Uh, I thought it was uh, a great idea. So did uh, Steve Bannon, who uh, who's a brother of a good friend of mine here in town, and we met and, and just started collaborating on some things. But anyway, I just thought, well, I'll get some screenwriting uh, software and, and just have at it because, I don't know, I just figure. And so now um, then I, I wanted to write songs, and I was like, you know, get, get, gosh, I just think I'll write uh, see what I can do there, um, and and throw some words down, or, or or find some hooks and some chord progressions, and so far, you know, finally after much struggle, it's it's kind of all coming together, so to speak, because I've had some success of late, and that's been really fun. I mean, yeah, you've had success within the past like months, but also several years. It looks like, yeah. Yeah, with some of your songs being picked up by other other artists, I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's really gratifying. I mean, when you get in the car, I think I was talking to you guys earlier, and a song you wrote comes on the XM, and you're driving down the road. I just almost want to get out at the stoplight and just kind of do a Chinese fire drill or yeah. something. Yeah, and, solo, <laughs> solo Chinese <laughs> fire drill. Yeah, exactly. And I just start doing a jig right there yeah. at the intersection <laughs> or something. But but it, it's um, it's not about money. It's not about anything other than, hey, this came out of my pea brain and somebody liked it and, and here it is on the radio. You know, that there's something that you can't even describe, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, you know, reading, listening to Travis read your bio, you're a creative type, and I think a lot of musicians are more creative, or they have they have more outlets rather than just music, right? Do they all sure. dive down and, and try to make those happen? No, not all of them. Some of them excel at uh, at many, but um, uh, the idea of creating something that someone else can appreciate is is really what we're after. I mean, there's some people that are after fame and fortune, right? And if fame and fortune comes your way, great, right. but it's really satisfying, and I think. Um, one of the things you already mentioned this, you know, you said through the eyes of the donkey when you were talking about, I guess you're just writing that script or, or right. just getting the, the ideas down. Sure. Something we do as artists is uh, empathetically try to look at things through other people's eyes. And I, I, I wish more people could do that. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that simply can't. Yeah. Sure. And when you're doing that, you, you know, you're not just taking a stand for whoever's viewpoint, whoever's vantage point you're writing from, but you're just actually making the point that you can see something from someone else's vantage point. And that's a, that's a valuable asset. And I think we need more artists. We need more people doing this, speaking to quote unquote, the general public who don't create, cause it helps people understand. And um, well, you're doing this with many, uh, m- many different ways. So it's, it's really good. Well, you've been doing it for a while too. First, first one was in 2005 and sure. then 10 years later you, you released your second one wandering again. And I've got enough material for another one and I'm, I'm threatening to do it. no threatening no threat whatsoever but but to your point the the fact that um 
You know what? How many people never open their mouth to sing or never decide to go down to Kelly's and take guitar lessons or, or never put brush to paper or a pen to paper, you know? And so my parents raised me that way. That's like the world is your oyster kind of thing for, for lack of a better analogy or euphemism. And here we are. Um, I mean, so uh, Bobby Kennedy, I think, said it best is, uh, to paraphrase in one of his speeches. He said, uh, you know, you don't look at the world, things in the world and ask why you you look at the world and, and, and say, why not? Yeah. And I always love that quote because it, it embodies kind of the the entrepreneurial or the creative spirit of, you know, I paint, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and I've got my, and my son started painting and, you know, it it, it, it was just why not, right? That very right-sided brains. Well, it, it's often frowned upon, and th- I think this has come up on the last two podcasts. Mm-hmm. It's often frowned upon or not highly encouraged. I could say this many, many different ways, but fostering the creative spirit mm-hmm. is often the last thing on any syllabus, on any agenda, or whether it's public school. And, and you know, I'm not stabbing at our public school teachers. So let, me, let me be very clear about that. What I'm saying is fostering the creative spirit is how we grow as a society, how we grow as yeah. people, it's how technology grows. Sure. It's, so it's something that, um, that we need more of, Well, it's, simply put. It's made the world what it is today. It I is mean, think if Henry Ford didn't, I mean, someone would have done it or the Wright brothers or whatever it is. But how many people are just sitting on ideas that could, yeah, could save the world? Exactly. You know? And I, I, it makes a very valid point. Uh-huh. I'm actually going to call out my mother to your point because my mother has a beautiful voice. I've heard her sing in church. And I would love for her. I've been begging her to do something. I also think that she should write that book because she's a cancer survivor. And her her passion is, is literally um, being empathetic and caring for those who are dealing with cancer now. And like mm-hmm. I, just, mm-hmm. if if I get in trouble, I get in trouble. I see your parents right now, and they're just beautiful. I people. remember when she yeah. was going through that. Yeah, and so like, you yeah. gotta. She has a voice, and I would love for it to be heard, yeah. even if it's just one person. You just never yeah. know. So no, you don't. And that person might be you. It might be. It might be. It might be me. Her it's eldest. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, just have at it. You got an idea, <laughs> yeah, do, do something. Just yeah. you know, be it good, be it bad, you know, at risk of, of getting judged or getting frowned upon or having it be unsuccessful, at least then you know what it is to spill your creative spirit in front of someone. Dance. And, and that, that's something that also gets overlooked by artists and I think that theme has been resonated yeah. here. Yeah. You know, sure. Brave. Artists are brave. And um, you know, creativity is not confined to artistry. I mean, you're, you're creative if you're in the medical field. You, you there are Almost every field has some form of free thinking where you have to make decisions that are not necessarily planned out in front of you. And this is where music uh, can help people with these decisions. Music and martial arts, actually. I don't want to dive into that. But these are... Well, these, these are things where you need to make decisions on the fly or you need to make yeah. creative decisions or express and you're not in some box. I mean, we used to say once you've seen one physician, you've seen one physician. But <laughs> I love that. But you could also say once the physician has seen one patient, you've seen one patient. I mean, nobody fits. And and so dance like nobody's watching. Right. And, mm-hmm. and if you if you want if you've never danced before, or yeah, just like don't dance like anything. Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so many people are afraid to dance. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I mean that as metaphorically as I can possibly there you go. People are afraid to dance. And the nature of this podcast is to uh, 
Maybe help people who are afraid to dance. Encourage that. Encourage them to dance. I think that's a good segue, in in all honesty, about uh, to talk about the genre of music that you grew up on and, and you play. I mean, let's right. talk about dancing. Uh, the the bluegrass community. It is it is something to be seen. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I can't say personally that I I know that much about it, but I I I have seen live music bluegrass around here, and I know it. It draws a crowd. Yeah. I would love to say it's second to none. I simply don't know that. I can't um, justify that statement. I can just say that I hated it growing up. And Mm -hmm. after I traveled and toured for many, many years, I came back and absolutely loved that I came from a place with such rich bluegrass culture and wished I had studied it sooner. So, but yeah, let's talk about that. You know, um, so growing up in D.C., the the bluegrass scene was, was really vibrant and with the seldom scene and all these bars and bands and the birch mayor i got to play there one time which is really i don't know if y'all ever heard of the birch mayor but it's a this storied place but i saw all the top performers and opened for a lot of them back in the day but when i was in uh at radford i graduated and got back to dc and i just you know spending the summers down with my grandma in grayson county I, i wanted to get back to the mountains and I didn't move back down here for a job. I moved because these guys I knew from the Galax Fiddlers Convention needed a banjo player. <laughs> and so I came down to to just play music and then find my life beyond that, which was cool. And there were so many things going on, whether it's the festival in Rocky Mount or the downtown thing that the fret mill would have or the, the fiddle and banjo club that I used to play at the Roanoke Civic Center. And we'd have a huge crowd there. Uh, never, not, never got paid, but they'd have ten bands on a Saturday night once a month, and it, it was it was like uh, old home week. You know, you see all your friends, um, and we would play the Floyd Country Store, which I know everybody knows about that now, but back then it wasn't as well publicized, which was great. Um, the Lost and Found, who's one of the you know just a, just a uh, legends in the world of bluegrass, they're from down. In Franklin County, the Lonesome River Band started there. Uh, we talked about Jeff Midkiff earlier, and and my uh, he's currently in a in a band that I play in along with Jerry McMillan, and they were original Lonesome River Band members. And and you, you know I, I'm I look at myself thinking, gosh, I'm playing with these guys because <laughs> when I was growing up and uh, listening to them, I was like, man, these guys are so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we played Floyd Fest this year, which was cool. Um, that was a, a, a different vibe and a, and a new kind of thing, but um, it uh, I I would go to a a, a um, pig roast every year at a family from Galax up in Blacksburg, and that was like a three day extravaganza of just picking for you know forty eight hours or thirty six hours straight or what oh. have you. So with just random people, yeah. The the beauty of bluegrass is once you get your base level of of um, your skills, then you learn the songs that everybody knows. Um, when you're in a band, it's different because you're doing new or you're doing uh, original material, etc. But I mean, I, 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 I asked that purposely because that, there there seems to be a a method to the madness of behind behind the standards, the sure, yeah, the standards, and, the standards. Yes. and that doesn't happen in no uh, in in a rock group that I'm you know I'm um, you know Ralph Stanley's not too far from from here down in the in the coal fields um with the lonesome river band but alan mills of the lost and found wrote love of the mountains and everybody in bluegrass knows that song and if i were to gather 
five guys right now, we would all play that song and everybody would know it. So that that's the really cool thing too. I mean, I, and I know him, I know a guy that wrote a bluegrass standard that the whole world knows and, and he just lives down the street. I saw Gene Parker, the banjo player a few months ago, uh, it, it's really running running into them in the store and these are some of my idols you know mm-hmm. from when i was yeah. first growing up and getting into it so yeah it's really amazing that's really cool i to me that defines you know community in a sense you know being able to pick a song and sit there and play it you know i'm not sure that i could do the same thing because of the, the genres of music that i play mm-hmm. you know uh and, and finding for for people to, to with different instrumentation to do that i, I, just, I just think it's really beautiful well, so to, to that point, um, I feel like the people that get into bluegrass, um, once they do, it's as though they join this fraternity, if you will. And I, I don't mean to just make that guy side, but it just sounds good. Um, <laughs> the, the, it, you join a club where there's this unknown or unspoken love, but everybody kind of knows what's going on. Sure. And then you, you you make the best friends of your life, and 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 hopefully, and then you just continue to make good music with them, and, and that's really rewarding. That's awesome. Yeah. What about um? Did you decide banjo would be your principal instrument, or do you first off do you call it your principal instrument? I do. Okay. Did you choose that, or like you mentioned earlier, you're yeah uh, you, know, you basically alluded to the fact that you're a jack of all trades, or you're just filling in, or, or um. You know, a lot of times I wish I could do that personally. Let me, I want to be the, I don't want to be the drummer. (laughs) I want to be the ox man because I can, you know, I have a bit of ADD. I've seen, I've seen Travis Travis do it. Travis is an ox man, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I've gotten to do it a little bit, but is that how you came to the banjo or did you decide initially, I want to play the banjo? So uh, I went to Shakey's Pizza on Rockville Pike in Maryland and uh, they had a bluegrass band and I saw the fingers moving on the banjo player. The right hand? Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, everybody plays guitar that I know. Uh, I'm going to play something different. And so then I went to a a county um, instruction like once a week. And then I I got a teacher. And then I obviously got Phil Rosenthal after a while. Um, But then just kind of struck out on my own. But it was a – it was – calculated i just i I like the the sound of the music and i I wanted to see my fingers move that fast right and that voice spoke to you more than the others yes for any may ask if there's a reason i don't it just seemed to be the uh well all banjos will players will tell you that that everyone comes to see us and everybody else is just kind of there I know I'll probably get crucified for that. That's all right. <laughs> no, no. The, the, the culture of this, like, I, I I, don't know if this is for this episode or having you back on the next episode, uh, you know, when we build a bit of a listening base. But the, each genre, each micro genre has um, those. <laughs> I'm trying to choose my words wisely. Right. <laughs> you have a runt. You have people that get the brunt of uh, of the jokes. You know, I'm sure. going to bring this up. How, so we're drummers, right? And I'm a drummer. Uh, through and through. So who who gets the the butt into those jokes? Mm-hmm. Drummers or banjo players? Like we, you know, I could probably open Facebook right now and find two for you and two for me. <laughs> um, each genre does that, yeah. and um, you know, I I hear the banjo simply because you can't ignore it, and that's not a joke. I could turn that into it's a very joke. true. Yeah, you can't ignore it. It's, it's no. probably the most staccato 
Mm-hmm. I just said staccato, staccato, <laughs> and I did not mean to. Um, <laughs> it's the <laughs> it's the most uh, staccato of all of them, uh-huh. and um, or I I wouldn't unless you disagree. Let me no, know. No, I, I completely. And so agree. I listen to it as well, and I you know it would not be the one that I choose, but man, it's the one I hear. It's the one I hear. Well, I think when uh, back to the original bluegrass band of which Chubby Wise played in, I mean that's what started the music is when Scruggs took that um made it the three finger style from whatever started and and that's where the the big bang happened is earl scruggs came up with that three finger style some could argue it was don reno and one other guy i can't remember who that was Ooh, i love that stuff but too. i don't want to do you that know yet. i don't know do that that, that's <laughs> a, that's a different day uh yeah probably maybe a different podcast but but um that that's where the uh the explosion happened and and where bluegrass started and so i think without that the rudimentary banjo and and the fiddle mandolin guitar mm. um it, i think that and bass that's the uh the, the the core but but you're right the banjos is is prominent and what everybody loves thank you thank mm. you you're welcome <laughs> did i say that did, I, I said he said staccato legato it is legato <laughs> <laughs> um, it is definitely the most prominent to my ears. That's sure. all I'm saying, and I do enjoy it. I mean, and you find it everywhere. This is this is an interesting. Talk. There's a. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the first time I heard banjo in a pop song was a Nelly Furtado tune mm-hmm. about twenty some years ago, and I was like, "Is that a banjo?" And I know that's probably not the case that you can find a banjo in a pop tune prior to that. I know some Furtados from Winchester. Is that not them? Nelly Furtado no. is. <laughs> I, think, I believe Furtado is a Portuguese. She's name, a great banjo player, and her her brother is, and her sister is a great fiddle player. But go ahead. I sorry. would call this late '90s or early 2000s okay. pop, yeah. and um, you know I love progressive music, and I don't just mean like Emerson, Lake and Palmer, Russian Dream Theater. I'm talking music that is progressive in nature. It doesn't necessarily have to have odd times or or a, a lush keyboard sounds. It doesn't. Sure. Um, and you know when you hear pop tunes with a banjo, I'm like, oh man. Yeah. That might have been the first I heard, but it, it is as distinct an instrument as you can find. Well, but what drives us crazy is when you see the on the Grammys, excuse me, or the uh, CMT Awards, um, is a, a, a banjo guitar. So it's strung like a guitar, but made to sound like a banjo. And so it's cheating. It's So they throw in the, the banjo sound kind of to whatever said country song and... Uh, Another podcast might be what the the death of country music, <laughs> which is is non-existent anymore. But anyway, let, well, let's not go down that. No, that's are hole. you saying the country music is non-existent anymore? It's not. No. I'm going to have to agree with you. Yeah, so thank you. <laughs> hey, but but uh, you know, for all I'm currently playing in a quote unquote country band that is more like country rock doesn't do it any service. It's, it's country is pop, and kudos yeah. for country to for finding. A larger audience, and kudos to the producers that are putting it together. But it does not seem as tried and true as it once did. No, so, I, so I, I follow you there. And I'm not the biggest fan of country music. I'm not the biggest fan of country pop. But I do enjoy playing all types. I enjoy myself when I learn this stuff. I, well, it was weird when I was a kid. My uh, I was in eighth grade. And my brother was in tenth grade, and he w- went to a different high school. And uh, it was kind of out in the I don't know. It's more of a, the redneck school, if you will. Um, 
not Lord Botetourt. No, no, I was in Maryland. But, I went to Botetourt. Uh, just so you know. Well, we know about you then. But, <laughs> but, but uh, no, and he he started listening to to country because of the guys he was hanging around there on the football team, and so I thought I would, and so I started listening to WMZQ in eighth grade, and I never really. So all these kids were listening to Rush and Zeppelin and all that stuff, which I liked and Fleetwood Mac, but. But I was every night going to sleep. I was listening to you know to con- the country music of the time, and this was nineteen seventy eight, seventy nine, mm-hmm. and so I never. Uh, that's why the whatever is happening today is somewhat offensive. Uh, to okay. Me. Well, yeah. No, I, I think it should be talked about. You know, when you say somewhat offensive, you should be able to say that. Yeah. You should be. Yeah. You don't. It's not country music to you, and it shouldn't yeah. be. And hopefully, that inspires someone to be like, "What in the world is country music to this guy?" Go yeah. figure that out, man. The journey. Sure. The journey is beautiful. And music, YouTube. <laughs> no, no kidding. Um, there, there's so much stuff out there, and we we stand on the shoulders of giants. And whether you like it or not, isn't it's not really up for debate. You know, you can't find new music that doesn't step from somewhere. And um, yeah, there's I, always I, a root. There's some, always a root. Some sort of root. When did that root start? Do you think? Because I've got a, a a argument that I make about that sometimes in in music as a whole. Or, or country no, music. Th- no, just say pop country. I, j- I just seem to think. Ooh, I like this. No, I, I <laughs> Pitch me that ball, good all sir. Right, here we go. Um, <laughs> I defer to you, sir. <laughs> I, j- I just feel like we're in somewhat of a bell curve that, okay, the rock and roll. Let's, let's just talk about modern music. Rock and mm. roll started, what, 54, 55. Um, good, good country, late 40s with Hank Williams, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... We, we continued up this hill and we hit the, I mean, the 60s were amazing, the British invasion and the 70s. I mean, you can't, I mean, wow. You, you think about what the 70s brought musically. Changed, changed dynamically, in yes, my opinion. But I, I'm not, I'm not from that era. But amazingly, and then, yeah, I mean, the 90s, I mean, the 80s. It, it was fine, more popish. And then we get into the 90s and I feel like we just kind of, plateaued somewhere in there i don't know when exactly that might be from uh so now everybody's pulling from everything that happened during that time i believe everything is cyclical and and now we're at this place where i don't know it's just there's no rules um which is fine i'm not i'm not cast i'm not saying this is good or bad i just kind of feel that that's how things are to a degree i don't know Mm. maybe crazy Mm. no i don't think you're crazy i don't uh I, I can't disagree with anything you said there. I I grew up loving pop music, and when I became more of a player, it I the guys I played with played a lot of rock and roll and whatnot, and liking pop music was something to laugh at. So I hit right. it right. until I got you know later in high school and I was dancing at clubs or not clubs, but dancing at like school events and and whatnot, and they would giggle at me, but I had more friends who were female than they did. Because, you know, I enjoyed moving my body and I like pop music. And not everything had to be distorted guitars and and, right. uh, and and torn holes in my jeans and old flannels. And I and I grew up with... All those things are fine, by the way. <laughs> All those things <laughs> are fine. Disclaimer. And I, I grew up with what my parents let us listen to. And, sure. And that was Fleetwood Mac and Fine Young Cannibals and um, Journey. And wait, 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 wait. 
Fine Young Cannibals? That, yeah. I, I love whatever those couple so, tunes were, but I just didn't consider it a staple. So I, I, I had to Did say Fine Young she drive you crazy? Yeah, well, that was the song my mom and I danced to at my wedding. Crazy. Exactly. So I'm dead serious. Mm. She dri- mm. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. Okay, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we need to rehearse before we start singing. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, that, that was... And that, I was Simon and Garfunkel, John Denver, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and Ian and Sylvia. That's what my parents yeah, and so, gave us. And so Man. that that branched off for me to 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 when I was in high school, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Dave Matthews Band, and uh, 311, which they're all very wildly different, you know. Who? And so, um, yeah. <laughs> well, let me uh, so, let me caveat something I said do. before. I I said we had, we're in a bell curve, um, but the. The asterisk there, so I'm going to try to dig myself out of a little hole just in case somebody disagrees with me, is the the whole platform, the whole uh, landscape has changed. Yeah. And everybody has a platform mm. for of, of YouTube and whatever they want to do or whatever they want to record and just email or, or text or Instagram to their friends yeah. and, and TikTok. So th- that's where the... You know, my my argument dies because the 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 whole you know ocean is 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 big. But you it, almost it have to, to conform be a river in some sense to 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 swim with those those sharks. You know, you you were even talking if, about Facebook to a large today. degree. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely depends on your goal, right? right? And so I I would agree with that wholeheartedly. But like, if I didn't have Facebook, how how are how would I send people? And let them know when I was playing at Delville Town Center, you know what? Right. Send send my carrier pigeon. It was a you great know, like, show. You know, thank you. But right. like, <laughs> do you see the grin on my face? <laughs> I know it's because <laughs> you said you said everybody, can, you know, you can swim with those sharks. <laughs> that analogy. Oh boy. Look, at, look at this grin. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, you know, you're talking about the platforms. I was like, we can all drop a boat in the water, right? Because someone said yes. something about water before he said swim with sharks. And I'm like, I'm waiting for my turn to drop my analogy, <laughs> but you beat me to it, my friend. <laughs> See, and that is the beauty of it. And you know, you're you're, you're right. When you're I correct. was growing up, the only boats were the albums in the record store, and you mm. search by alphabetical God. order. Mm. You know, and that and my you know my kids look at and like what? Our well, last you know, guest, what's this album? Our last <laughs> guest brought thing us do? his LP. Yeah, I mean, which I thought was awesome. And like, I listened to it with Ella the next day, and meant to post on social media. Hey, Macklin, we are listening to your tunes. And even my girlfriend came and she's like, what's this? I like it. And I'm like, Macklin, I got to tell him. I'm just simply too daggone busy to tell anybody like that right now. But it is beautiful that we can share this way. We don't necessarily have to have Big Brother Record Company sure. by our no. side. Not but that the they fidelity, don't do you well. But the fidelity of those albums compared to the compression of... Ooh. Everything else these yeah. days. That's yeah. another. I can tell you, another you're, you're back, <laughs> right notes. <laughs> oh I've my god! Less notes on this podcast than any. I'm, I'm usually over here jotting down you all are. kinds of crazy notes. Can, can we uh, can talk about bad. your? No, <laughs> it's good. It's good. Back to Chris. Let's, yes. uh, let's. Yeah, let's talk about me. Well, let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk about your your experience playing here in this valley, and uh, what's that looked like over the past of the years? Do you know? Um, Got down here to play bluegrass, and that was great. We were doing the blue, uh, the fiddle and banjo club. I uh, got a call one day to come play at the Corn Beef and Company at um, Crystal Spring because a friend of mine owned it, and a friend of mine was a buddy of his, and 
Yeah. Put, put your brakes on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in this town a long time. Uh-huh. There was a corned beef at Crystal Springs. Yeah, it's a famous Anthony's now. So does anybody need another whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I know it's beautiful, but I'm serious. Yeah. Well, that was a corned beef, and and so I threw together a song list. Yeah, and uh, and then we went to. Uh, hold on, we're 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 uh, we're just figuring out that the whiskey people. thing wasn't a joke. Hold on, people. Here we go. The, the host is teach me about this corned beef I never knew existed. So it was down there, uh, right in just up in the pharmacy in 7-Eleven there. In, I know exactly in, where it is. Yeah. yeah, in South Roanoke. Um, but now it's been a famous Anthony's for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and played there, and, you know, I, my dad had a sound system, up, a P, an old PV sound system. I mean, it weighed 1,000 pounds, it seems like. <laughs> um, I think that's all that existed in the yeah. it, 1981. <laughs> and uh, Now, this was 88 or 89. Okay, okay. But anyway, I uh, hey, I'm not a... I'm, I'm not that old. I, I didn't um, mean to do that. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and and then I just started playing different bars around town, Boomers and. I do you uh, remember Boomers? Um, but all, but then they opened the new. Cor- well, I played one time at the old Corn Beef, which was where the Wall Street Tavern currently is until mm-hmm. it closed yep. there in the Market Building. And then they called and said uh, we're opening the new Corn Beef, and that's when it was only that one narrow. Uh, and and I was the f- opening night. I was the uh, inside the door. I was the the first uh, person to play that place, which was, which was kind of cool. But in the meantime, I I mean I was just playing bluegrass wherever I could and and uh, filling in with this band or that band, right, uh, et cetera. Wow. We, so um yeah, I play with a a country group called the Lolo Chariot, and uh, before the pandemic, we played recorded a video there. Um, um, so we kind of, I don't know, we, I can't say we rented the place out. We recorded a, a music video and it was our first music video. And then we ended up playing there a couple months later. It could have been a couple weeks actually. I mean, you know, brain fog. Um, and we packed this place out Now we packed this place out because we were playing modernish country. Not that, you know, there's some, there's some yokum on the set. Yeah, which, which place? The newest corned beef that oh, you're talking about. Gotcha. It, but so the point I'm saying, the reason I'm saying this is that. have got a nice stage. Yeah. yeah, nice stage. Um, at the end of the night, we're like, did we just, like, it was full when we stopped playing. Like, did we really keep that many people in there playing this style of music? And I think, you know, I'm not defending pop country, but it's, you know, the, these styles are merging. Yes. And I think it, you know, it opens the door for other people. Uh, but it was weird because we both said, has a country band ever kept that many people in there? But obviously the answer is no. I mean, or yes, because since you've been there and, and you had people there. But what's the, so there's the, the, the age old question. Who gets to decide? Why does a, a rag, say a ragtag jam band who makes, um, who, who just picked up their instruments a few years ago and they've gotten together and they're really cool and grooving, um, they could go out and, and tour and make 30 grand a show and then the, the 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 people who are as proficient as they can be, tight as they can be, and their vocals are beyond reproach, just never happens. So that the, the the question is not a question; it's a rhetorical one that just lays out there. It's it, nobody there. There's nobody that says how this should go. It just goes. Yeah, you know, and yeah. it, uh, whether we like it or not, I think it's good for each. 
accomplished and or budding musician to know. Like there's yeah. certain things will always be out of your control. But it'll change too. And, and it will most certainly change. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. it'll come back or who knows what. Mm. Well, I've always wanted to talk about the differences between playing original music in this town and playing cover music. Cause I was, I got put, put in my place pretty early on when I did the Christian music scene here. I, I put out an album in 2007 and we really struggled with playing around town. And we, and we played a few gigs and a few big ones. We played at the, um, I was telling Macklin last time that we, we played downtown at the, the Turkey trot. Uh, the, um, yeah. And that was nice. You know, it was awesome. And it was a lot of people down there, but that was it. And so like, there was no real, no real crowd and there was no real following. Sure. We also was the first part of, you know, beginning of, of Facebook and things. So like, I wonder, I wonder, I often wonder what, that would have been like if I had that tool in my shed too but I I also think it's this town is very pro and this is my opinion this town is very pro covers um and I'm not sure if that's the case for for bluegrass but that's that's the way I feel and I will um argue until I die on that I, one I well, would say that go, go ahead well Marty's uh covers in bluegrass can there are covers in bluegrass but there are also standards yes no no no. and i I understand that differentiation same same with jazz yeah but not with rock around here no yeah well i mean you could argue what is standard at that point no no i agree Uh, trust me every every singer i work for currently we argue about what is standard and what isn't (laughs) but if you were to go out and hear some i've been there to uh an artist who plays guitar and only sings the same songs Mm. Um, Every Friday. I'm, no, I'm sorry, not the same songs, his own songs, oh. and won't learn anything else. Like if I play solo, I'm, I mean, I'm going to do one of mine out of three or four because you know you, you know how it is. You're entertaining people; they want to sing along with Jimmy Buffett or James Taylor or Gordon Lightfoot or whoever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. But they also do appreciate, hey, this is one I wrote and it was number three on the charts and blah 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 and. And and then that draws them in too. Yeah, to it's got to be a little oh, story. Well, it's got to be something going yeah, on. Yeah, no, and I agree. Yeah. So, but that's a quarter. That's yeah. you know, if you quarter. look at it, right. Um, do you have something to say? No, go ahead, dog. I, I, I no, I love I love this con. We didn't have this conversation more. Um, and maybe we get some listeners that um, you know, people be more interested in original music. But I worked with a guy who I'm almost certain we're gonna have on this podcast, and it's gonna. We need to set aside two hours for me and him. <laughs> but um, he used to say, he used to say, you know, you got to spoon feed your originals to people. And I agree implicitly. Yes. But I disagreed for myself and I wanted, just wanted to write and play and I never regretted it. But you need to be. Because your stuff's better than And I learned others. that same lesson. <laughs> well, I well, learned no, that same no, lesson. I'm, you know, I, no, I learned that same I lesson. I say that I facetiously. Could, I couldn't say it was, whether it's better or worse or it's indifferent. The journey I wanted was the rough one, and I, and I could apply this to many other aspects of my life. And did I know that at the time? I couldn't have spoken those words to you, but I knew right. that I, I there were songs I loved, and I'll play cover songs, but as, as far as spoon feeding, I'd rather just be poor, work a job, and practice my craft. And, you know, that path works sometimes, and the other path works sometimes. Yeah, and it depends on yeah. your goals, too. You yeah, know. definitely depends on what you're I mean, I was we could go down the other hole too of, I mean, my first project came out in 2005 and I was making 60 cents per download from iTunes. Mm. Um, and I did that through CD baby and they spread it out to everybody 
which is nice. You know, it was kind of a one-stop shop. But then next thing you know, um, the Spotify's and the Apple Music's and everybody else, um, that that all goes away, and I'm getting point zero zero three one eight per spin on Spotify. So if I get fifteen hundred. I, I did the math at some point. It's, it's like a dollar forty-four or three dollars and forty-four cents if I get fifteen hundred spins in a month. And uh, yeah, th- so, say, so should say, I create anything? Say those numbers again. I get a dollar fifty cents. No, I used to get sixty cents per yeah. dollar download from iTunes, but mm-hmm. now when when Spotify spins, when somebody clicks on it, like you guys were prior yep. to the show. Thank you very much. So, <laughs> I'm going to retire. I've been I've been clicking on it this entire <laughs> time. Point zero zero three one eight. So you know what? I've got my phone right here, and I'm going to do the math very quickly because it's important. Point zero zero three one eight. Say I get fifteen hundred spins a month. That is four dollars and seventy seven cents, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you. Um, I'm here all week. That's four that's almost. It's almost a gallon of gas. Yeah, no joke. Or a no little joke. over a gallon and a half. A little over a gallon here. Wow, I was, I was being smart. So you were saying you were saying yeah. should you create? But There's but little, then if you're in my position, I've got a regular job. Um, I've been doing you know medical sales for a long time. Am I worried about that? I would just as soon create because that's my outlet. So that leads yeah. me to my question, Chris. Like I, I had this question written down because we, we all decided that I was type A today. Um, that can't. <laughs> I think you decided. Oh, I, I did, think you I decided did, that I you did, were I type did. A. I think I, I accused him of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said, you know, music seems to not only be about your passion and, and community for right. you, but it, it also seems to have a significant um, supplemental th- financial role for you somewhere down the line i mean you've been playing music for for years and in this town you've been playing and we were even talking about earlier how you know 100 100 bucks a pop you know yeah and uh i really want to dive into that um so i was making between 75 and 100 bucks a, a night wherever i played my solo show or 50 to 100 at bluegrass shows back in the you know late 80s mid 90s and um and here we are. I'm uh, if I do a solo show, I'll make a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars. Um, if that sometimes it just depends. And and so, you know, while the world moves on, local or or somebody'll say, you know, come, I can't pay you, but I'll give you food and you'll get exposure, which is the biggest, you know, red herring and mm. BS that you've ever heard. because um, that's just, you know, doesn't it doesn't uh, equate or result in anything. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, where we are with, with that, but it just seems like we've stayed at the same place forever. We're stuck. We're stuck in, uh, I believe it has increased marginally. Like I, I rarely leave. It's a the good house. word. I, I, I rarely leave the house for less than a hundred and that's not to say it doesn't happen or hasn't happened in the past couple of years. Um, people are starved for entertainment now. And one of the most, Beautiful things about the pandemic is that people actually appreciate entertainment. You know, right. once, not long ago, we're stuck in our house, and then we got out of our house, and like, what do we do? Well, there were bands playing. We need those bands. Where are those bands? Where so, are they? So maybe they appreciate it now. Um, it's gone up a little bit. A little, a little, a little yeah. bit. A little bit. But, but not with inflation and all no, that stuff. No, but, no. but again, if we were going to try to, you know, if I was going to try to 
you know, put two kids through college and a house and all that stuff. Not happening. So, no, it's uh, not. so it, necess- it wasn't necessarily your music has never been necessarily supplemental for you. No, you know what? That's the icing on the cake um, to what we were talking about earlier from a um, creative standpoint. So that it's more about, oh my gosh, I got this song. I got to get out of me. I'm I'm still writing one from when I was in college. It's probably from 1985 that I need to finish. But then I've got another one that's, you know, right on uh, that started last week. That's on the, you know, ready to almost do a demo on. Yeah. So you know, it just depends. But so I'm not doing that, or I don't. You know, I, I would love for a movie to be made. Uh, I'm I'm talking to some guys in, in Hollywood about a, a musical, a Broadway musical that I've got this idea and they were like, whoa. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Is it with, Batman the musical? Yes. They, they yes. came out with Spider-Man the musical. <laughs> was, I'm really hoping for Batman the musical. Is there really a Spider-Man the musical? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've actually played played the yeah, drum part yeah, for, yeah. for one of those songs. What? This is, wait. Uh, here, yeah. here locally. Here locally. I've, I've performed that yeah, song yeah, with, yeah, with yeah, another group. No. So, yeah. Wow. It's actually Aquaman, the... Uh, oh, I hate that guy. Musical. <laughs> Put I that am, in a quote. <laughs> I am so glad you said Aquaman. Yeah. I'll have to tell you when you're on your next okay. time you come over. That's another it, podcast. It relates directly <laughs> to my podcast. music lessons. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's so, great. So you and I have gotten to perform um, uh, locally here together, mm-hmm. which has been really cool. Um and it, and it's been within the genre that you you thrive in, uh, mm-hmm. which I found really cool too. Because I had never, as a drummer, I've never had to collaborate with anybody from the bluegrass setting. And like, right. but there's a certain so bluegrass is very percussive in my my opinion because of the way that you guys play your instruments and the way that the technique that you guys have. And sure. it was really kind of cool to sit in as a percussionist and play with other percussive instruments. Um, we played what? it. What? Well, so staccato staccato. All right, get back to it. I'm yeah, done. Go, no, right. <laughs> so can you, can you, um, can you talk about the other maybe genres of music that you have played with around here or, um, um has it just been strictly just, Solo or bluegrass. Solo no, or bluegrass. Um, but to your point about the rhythm, I mean the 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 off is it the offbeat that the mandolin chop does has been like the drum of bluegrass. I was going to mention the snare drum earlier. Get up, yeah, yeah. It's you know it's on the offbeat, okay. yep. and and that's what kind of since the beginning is holds it together along with the bass and, and unless the bass player has been drinking um, <laughs> <laughs> then, and then it all goes to you know, anyway yeah. um but the uh so i've i've got together some with some guys when i got to town and we just started they were they were a duet and did old um credence and old just old rock and roll, Jim Croce and all this stuff. Um, and and I got together with them and, and another guy, and, and we've been playing for 25 years oh, wow. together. Crawford Reed, Burton and Ball. Dr. Ball's a, a, a doc here in town. Uh, Joe Crawford was uh, the president of Roanoke Electric Steel, and he just retired. And Deet Reed's been on um, 
I was in the brick business, but do you, do you know Deet? Deet went to high school with my mom. Yes, Deet. They, they're they're North Side guys, he yeah. and Joe. But uh, and they won the. They'll tell you they won the talent show there in 1972. They'll still tell you. They'll still tell you that they won the talent show in 72. But so we've been playing all over town, and and you know what? It was is beautiful about this is we never practice. We get together. Um, I switch off instruments some. I'll play mandolin, but, but I'm mostly the, the electric bass player. But we can just lay down a, a four-part harmony like it is nobody's business. Mm. And I've never, um, without without any second thoughts or, or even any practice, and um, it's it's been really magical. And we'll do we'll just do all these songs that um, that are. You know, we've got a following and people who come to see. And, and that's what I like about the Roanoke Valley, too, is the just the if you get you get your uh, um, your foot in the door a little bit, um, then you get a bit of a following and you just put out where you're going to be and people come and we have a really good time. And that's mm. that's it, all that matters. Right? Yeah, it, it is. Well, we, we you know, it's it's and with them, it's not, you know, the time between the songs is important. A lot of bands forget that. But if you're not putting on a show from the time you hit the stage till the time you leave, that's what always always impressed me about the Johnson Mountain Boys, who I opened for when I was a kid, and they were like idols of mine, is that they hit the stage, and they had a show, and everything was scripted. But we don't script things, but it's fun, the banter back and forth between the songs, and, and I, I think that keeps everybody engaged rather than kind of dead air, you know? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's important. 100%. 100%. 100 well, um, hundred dollar mix. <laughs> I play, I play with. Um, <laughs> well, we have a couple of different sound guys, uh, two or three. They work with the Lolo Chariot, and one of them always says, hundred dollar mix, JD." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't really know what it means, but um, sorry, you said hundred. That's where I'm at. Hundred dollar mix. So I could. Why don't we do a preemptive commercial and then get sponsoring for it later? Like right I, now? Well, I was going to say, I don't know what it would be for, but we could say something about something and say, hey, we said something about something. So we, uh, <laughs> something could pay we, uh, us with could, <laughs> prior to or we post. We totally or promoted uh, Farmer Gesa last week because we, I bought a six pack of their, the, oh, I guess their pineapple cider that they sell. Oh, there. okay. Did so you get a burger too? I did. My wife and I enjoyed a nice. very nice lunch okay. together. Thank you for All right. Well, me. then. So Farmer Gesa. All right. Well, then there. we'll go with that. <laughs> Go with that, and 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 we'll get um, gift certificates for free burgers. Well, I had another question, and I, oh sure, I, no, I lost, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, <laughs> no. I, I, you know what? I gotta say, we're having the most fun on this particular podcast. Yeah, we are. We uh, the the first one went better than expected, and we're like, hey, we got something here. Okay. At least we think. There's probably listeners going, now you guys, you don't have anything yet. Keep working. The second one was was uh, as educational as it could be, and this one has been both educational and fun. Like hilarious, right? Oh my yeah. gosh! So and thank uh, you so much. I mean, I, you know, it needs to be known that like we're we're learning too. Travis and I are learning not just to to communicate with guests, but we're trying to rally the troops, so to speak. There's a lot, a lot yes. of music in this community. There's some highly successful people. There's people out there that in our community that don't want you to know that they're successful. And uh, you know, growing up the way I did, I, I was it, I was you know told to have a backup plan. And I'm thankful that I was told that, but. 
I didn't rely on my backup plan. Right. I want to be a musician. I didn't want to take no for an answer. It took a lot of hard work. It took sure. a, a lot of frowny faces. You know, it, I was discouraged and I was encouraged, but ultimately it was up to me to make this sure. thing happen. And we want to have a platform for other folks yeah. to, to launch from. And, well, and, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. So we're all learning here. We, we just want to make it more aware that Roanoke has a community of various it was, let me say numerous genres, and we should you, bring it together. You guys are doing a fabulous job. I mean, I can tell that already. Um, what what I would say to the Valley is go, just go see live music. Yes, that's a good point. You know, go and, and go, yeah, and go to the fret mill and pick up an instrument. And if you want to get a, and go to Kelly's music. And if you want to take a lesson, Dave there, or whoever it is, just you know, who who hasn't picked up a, you know, just got if you want to pick up a guitar, but um, it, it's important, and I think the community around here is fantastic. There's so many great musicians. You guys are doing a great job. No, thanks, Chris. Well, um, and it's let's, fun. Let's kind of we're 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 coming on our hour mark. I, I Jeremy asked uh, our last <laughs> guest. Um, and I don't want to quote you, but like he no, asked do it because I'm trying to remember what that question was. He asked top top five influences, and if you can't answer top five, go top three, or if you know, just do sure do musical influences. Is that Am I quoting that even close? You're you're in it, so you just go I, ahead and finish it. it. Do you so, know? And uh, then what? Then what we'll do, Chris, is after you do that, we'll we'll uh, introduce one of your songs. Okay. And, um, you can tell me which one you want, and I'll we'll play it for our guests. And all right, we'll be on our merry way. Thank you, Larceny. Top for the five good tonight. Top five top influences. Five. For, well, I just yeah. be, I said top three. I want three. this to be difficult. So yeah. people ask me, "Hey, who's your number one influence?" And I'm like, you know. I always divert the question. I'm like, you mean right now? <laughs> you mean when I was in high school? Because yeah. I really can't answer the question. Um, so my, I can my, answer it to a degree. Top um, five, go. Okay. One, my parents, because they they had great music going on in the house. And when I decided to play the banjo, my dad went and bought a bass, an upright bass, at, which I have today, at Chuck Levin's Music and learned it. So... We played, uh, we had a bluegrass band at my local high school, which was 72% minority. And everybody loved wow. it. Yeah. Every, I mean, and it was crazy, but we were the, the bluegrass blazers because the blazers was the name of the, the high school. And we, we wore suits and hats and, and played great things. But so you think about parents instilling, but also, um, um, gravitating or, or embracing what their kids are doing I, I i'll never be able to uh, thank them enough for that secondly it would be uh tony rice and jd crow ricky skaggs the 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 0044 band and that's a little bit of an inside but um and the the creators of bluegrass uh i mean monroe and the stanleys etc from from back in the day for um Probably Gordon Lightfoot. I just, I think he's probably the greatest, uh, one of the greatest songwriters to ever live. And I've met him twice, which has been really oh. cool. Oh, and cool. Um, oh, what would be number five? I, don't, I mean, I just, you've listed about eight. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, okay. go ahead. So, you are completely allowed so, to break these rules. I, I, I want so to. There you go. I want and to expose to people how hard it is. It is hard. To make these decisions. You have a couple more. Go. And it changes. Go. No. Um, you know what? I, I really like like the the stylistics, and I really like Earth, Wind, mm. and Fire, and I really like um, 
Burt Backrack and Hal David and you talked uh, about Burt earlier. Oh my gosh, and uh, Dion Warwick singing all those songs and the Carpenters, and I mean just the uh, I think Karen Carpenter was one of the greatest song singers to ever walk this earth, and uh, such a sad thing. Um, but anyway, um, those are the ones. If if you'll let me give me, can I plug my? Music? I was just go, gonna go, say. I was gonna go. say. Do you have anything you want to plug before we we call? So it? today, the uh, the song a uh, song I wrote called "Going Up the Mountain" by the artist Shannon Slaughter. Um, it's number four for the month on the Bluegrass Today or the, the National Bluegrass Charts, which is great. Uh, two below Billy Strings, um, who's a you know he's a big deal right now. Uh, it was one below. We, it made it to number two last uh, two weeks ago, and uh, I've got another song coming out by the Gospel Plow Boys that they actually invited me in the studio to play banjo on. That'll be coming out. Um, I've I've got a, a idea to the Floyd Fest people that they've accepted and said, let's do this for the 2023 season, and that's kind of a songwriter thing that uh, I can't really uh, announce yet, but... But it's uh, it's going to be it's cool. coming, yeah. So anyway, that those are those are that's what's going on with me. And uh, again, um, most of all, it's just fun, kind of uh, creating. And and thanks you, thank you guys for having me on here. I have one last question for you. Oh, sure. Will you come back? I would c- love to come Great. back. Excellent, excellent. Hey, that's three in a row. We would have come back. High five. Winning. <clears throat> winning, winning, not losing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Beats, Brews, and Buddies, and our guest and our buddy, Chris Burton. Give it up for him. This is Kentucky 31, ladies and gentlemen. Find him on Spotify, find him on Facebook, uh, and we will we'll see you next time. Tennessee, on a winding road that took me to a place that she might be. Cause I long day after day to find the only one who made me feel this way. Kentucky 31, I called her piercing deep green eyes. How I let her get away, but I was blind and could not see what I left among those rolling hills of green. I was scared to think about the chance she found another one But those green eyes, they said to me That I was hers and it was truly meant to be Kentucky 31, I called those piercing deep green eyes Somehow I let her get away, but I was blind And now I see my Kentucky girl among the hills of green Now I see my Kentucky girl among the hills of green.